the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rumor Tower, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Papa News of PapaNews.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman Ali of TheConjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, Miss Elvira of Elvira.com in Santa Rosa, California, bringing us today's topic on gratitude. Afterwards, they'll take their calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as defined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodoos of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Miss Cat and Contraband Ali. Miss Cat? Hi. Very nice Hello. to hear your pretty voice. Thank you. <laughs> um, this topic today, gratitude, is um, one that is so appropriate. This is what the show is mm-hmm. going to be about, but I want to catch you all up on some news here because... Uh, we have a lot to be grateful for here at our uh, Lucky Mojo. <clears throat> Missionary Independent Spiritual Church, of which I'm the pastor, <clears throat> has an awful lot to be grateful for. I want to thank everybody who has um, donated money through our GoFundMe campaign, which was uh, put in place by our good friend and colleague, Deacon Millet of Four Altars Gospel Sanctuary. When our little church burned down, uh, he put up the GoFundMe within 24 hours, and we received contributions of, we, we set a goal of $10,000, but we went over $11,000 in contributions, and people are still able to contribute. And um, we had to wait a little while. The church burned down in July, July 14th, but um, we had to wait for our good friend Daniel Smith and our uh, good friend Rocky Carlson to come back here and rebuild our church. And if you've been following this on on my Facebook page or the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church Facebook page or the Lucky Mojo Facebook page, we'll put some pictures up there too. Um, The church is being rebuilt. Same size, same wood, same everything. I mean, it's so beautiful. Real Solid construction. Daniel is a master cabinet maker, and this church was um, originally built by a guy who was a hobby carpenter who did cabinetry, and it was just a beautiful, tight-fitted little gem of a church. It's all been redone, and um, if you follow Daniel Smith on Facebook, you can also see it, master railroader and modeler and carpenter, and also Rocky Carlson who's a tile setter and stone worker. And they have been working very hard for the last um, week and a half to rebuild this church exactly as it was. So talk about gratitude. I go out there. I look at it. We've moved the location where it um, was. It's now downhill from there in a little uh, little triangle of trees. And um, it just looks so beautiful. And where it used to stand, we will resume candle services. And we'll be burning candles on the stone 
flagstone and brick area where the church had stood. So it takes a lot of people doing a lot of work, and we've been just informed that our uh, former employee at Lucky Mojo and very good, talented friend Bo Maldonado will be coming in next week to start painting. And uh, Wayne of, <laughs> of Wayne's Welding in Forestville is uh, is doing some metal work for us. Everything is just going very well, and we are very, very very grateful. The love and the friendship and the um, help that others have extended to us, we always wish to extend to those around us. And again, as many of you know who've been listening to the show for the last months, uh, in October there was some huge wildfires that swept through the nearby town of Santa Rosa. <clears throat> 5,000 homes were destroyed. 5,000 families were left without homes. And uh, there were also, you know, a couple of dozen lives were lost as well in these fires. But um, it has created a, a, a great impact and a great void in Sonoma County, Mendocino County, and Napa County, and in, in other areas too. But I'm speaking just for my local friends um, and uh, and acquaintances. It's been a, a terrible terrible loss. Almost one-fifth of the buildings in the town of Santa Rosa are gone, and it was not a little town. It's a big city. So we have um, been working with others on the rebuilding project, donating money and and helping. And um, as I announced last week, uh, the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, which we've been holding in May uh, for the last uh, 10 years, is going to shift to become part of the Mystic Fair organization, which is in April, April 14th and 15th in Santa Rosa. And the Mystic Fair is going to be donating part of its income to rebuilding Santa Rosa, uh, rebuilding homes, rebuilding people's lives. And in particular, we want to take care of our own magical community. We have a large community here of pagans, witches, uh, Christian mystics, uh, Jewish sorcerers, you name it. We've got everything here. Um, there is a, a significant um, community of belly dancers. Now you think, what, what, Santa Rosa belly dancers? Now there's a significant community of belly dancers in Santa Rosa who've always been part of the Mystic Fair and put on a show. And the leader of that um, troupe lost her home. That was Tracy McClendon. And people from all over the world are offering clothing for her. She had a, a collection of historical importance of of uh, antique and vintage and ex very unusual belly dance uh, costumes. And uh, that is being rebuilt with the help of friends. The Mystic Fair is going to be pitching in. And we just want to let everyone know that, yes, among our losses, we lost our little church in the in July. The, the losses in Santa Rosa were even greater in October. Over the years, you know, you, you, you lose contact with friends. Over the years, um, you know, your pets pass away. And yet, there's always so much to be grateful for. And one of the ways to rebuild your gratitude is to continue to help others. So just wanted to put that in. That's what we're doing. We're thanking everyone this week. We're thanking all of those who helped rebuild our church. Um, 
we could not have done it without you. It costs a lot of money to rebuild that beautiful church, and we are working on it. And uh, there is still a ways to go. And uh, But we want you all to know that we are uh, coming up out of this with um, help to others as well. Because you can't just take for yourself. You have to give. So that's my news from Lucky Mojo World, the sponsor of Lucky Mojo, and from Mr. Uh, Missionary Independent Spiritual Church. Um, And thank you, everyone who's listening. Thank you for your help in keeping our little corner of the occult world flowing and growing. All right, that was it for me. How about you, Ollie? Let me bring you in. What's up with your world? Oh, nothing much. Uh, I am very much looking forward to uh, the topic at hand because I think it, it really comes down to the heart um, of the spiritual practice that we often talk about as hoodoo, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I've been just busy, as usual. Uh, the holidays are coming up upon us, and whenever the holidays come around, I note this kind of every year, I always have a, a kind of spike of clients, and they're all looking for the same thing, right? They're looking for a safe holiday, a happy holiday. They're looking for to ensure uh, that they're with their loved ones. In particular, I get uh, a lot of uh, spouses uh, hoping to bring home their partner, whether it's reconciliation gates or because their partner is away for work or whatever reason. They've been either shipped overseas or they're working overseas, um, and they want them to come back by the holidays, by Thanksgiving or by Christmas. I do a lot of that type of work um, during the holidays. But I've had an interesting kind of spike of also safe travel, which I do uh, oh, quite a bit because I travel myself. But I, it's never... Uh, never been, you know, a, a trend. Um, it's never kind of showed up. Usually it's, it fluctuates between money work, reconciliation work, uncrossing, court case, and kind of cur- cursing work. Those are the kind of the kind of matrix of work that I do. But I've had a nice nice uh, spike of, oh, I should throw in breakup in there as well. But I've had a nice spike of safe travel, which is really fun because uh, as anyone who's who's ever traveled, uh, domestically or internationally can tell you it is an ordeal um, so I've, I'm putting in my personal experience as a traveler combining with root work helping people out and that's been quite fun so that's what I've been up to uh, busy but but enjoying the, the work that I'm doing well, that's an interesting thing that you mentioned safe travel it's one of those little odd coincidences I was, I'm was i working on a book that's going to be released um, at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival as you know um, we always release uh, approximately four books a year some some years we've done five some years we've done two or three but four books is our average and um, and I was just just last night working on safe travel um, <laughs> spells so oh wow I find it, yeah you you and i are kind of in tune here i was going yeah oh yeah so, so i i i actually got together a, a a page worth of stuff and i'm my my book will be uh including safe travel spells so isn't that funny and um the the um the the way the universe uh ties us all together is sometimes amazing um, it really is that uh, synchronicity um, so let's bring on our on our guest here, Elvira. Um, everybody knows uh, Miss Elvira. She's been a guest on our show many, many times. A well-known uh, reader, reads tarot, uh, has been a reader for years, decades, I guess. And um, 
very popular locally. Um, she reads at a couple of different uh, places. She reads at Lucky Mojo, and she reads at Milk and Honey. And so if you're in the area and want an in-person reading with Miss Elvira, you can get it. She also reads by phone. Also, Miss Elvira is the co-host of one of the shows on our radio network, um, The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron, which is a wonderful show uh, with a focus and emphasis on the uh, pagan traditions um, of witchcraft, stregoria, and um, uh, goddess worship, and other uh, forms of what we might uh, call neo-paganism. So without any further ado, here is Miss Elvira. Say hi. Hi there. And, was, <laughs> and hi, everyone. <laughs> well, thank you so, for having me back on the show. Oh, we, we just absolutely love to have you on the show. You are always um, a, a wonderful presenter, and um, and you're a, a very, very wise woman. You're one of the one of the handful of women that when I pull the high priestess card, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I get you know that. <laughs> it's funny because that would be the one I feel most akin to um, in many ways. Obviously, there are others that I I actually like. I love Temperance, but that's also because it's Sagittarius card. So. <laughs> mhm. Yeah. Well, tell us what's new in your world, and then let's. Well, then we'll bring in our topic. But let's tell it. What, what have you been up to lately? Well, um, obviously the holidays are coming up on us, and uh, I'm actually going to be leaving for two weeks to go visit my daughter out of state. So it's become obvious with two little guys that I have, my two puppies. Uh, I have to find people who will take care of them, and you know, get things ordered online. So I literally have been doing that for the last week um, and trying to get everything settled on that, plus taking care of clients. And yesterday was an incredibly busy day at Milk and Honey. Um, and it was fascinating. I had one client who is local and who is in the process of doing the dying process, and she's doing conscious dying. And she came to me for a reading and um, to see if I could help. You know, she's very, very, very spiritual herself, but to give her some more um, spiritual input, and it was the most awesome experience I had. First of all, because this is a woman who's chosen not to follow the allopathic paradigm of treating cancer, and mm-hmm. the woman is living well beyond her given time, and very, very alert and active, and, and I was just, it, it brought me full circle to when my husband passed and how that whole process took place and how he, what he chose and, and the, the path we took. But um, it was, it again, it was it, why this topic that I, I suggested was so important. It showed me such gratitude for um, being true to who you are, really being true to who you are. And I was um, in awe. I was grateful I was, you know, helping with whatever I could. And the rest of the week has been, or the rest of the time I've had, has been stressful. Obviously, I didn't have, uh, I was um, voluntary evacuation, which I did do. And, you know, so it, I didn't lose anything with the blessings of the goddess and, and the god uh, in terms of that. But it did present me with a lot of personal um, hurdles to, to go over and uh, experiences. So that's why this seemed like an appropriate topic of gratitude to be grateful for the 
experiences and the, the amount of outpouring in this area, both to the first responders, to the people that have been truly affected, devastated. And um, I just think we live in an incredible place, and this is just, you know, so awesome that in such a devastation we have so many people that just put aside all the shit, literally, and just are there as a human being with a heart. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, you know, this is a a, a very um, difficult transitional time for people in our local area. And those of you who are listening, you know, you may be in, um, you know, who knows, Iowa. You may be in uh, Mississippi, and you might go, what are they talking about? But when a, a, a tragedy of this magnitude hits a region, uh, such as we live in, in this one small little, really in one big valley area, the Santa Rosa Plain. Um, and we lose so much, landmarks, historical buildings. Uh, nobody who lives in our county does not have a friend uh, who hasn't been burned out by these fires. And, you know, number one, I'm going to say something before I get into gratitude. I'm going to go into what I would call small talk. Mm. There's a a lot of people who, because they cannot feel compassion, they feel lucky. They go, well, hey, I was, I was, it didn't hit me. But Elvira just said something. She was talking about um, conscious dying and working with a client who is in the dying process, um, and is dying of cancer, one of the the less desirable ways to die. You know, most of us want to just blink off like an electric light bulb but with no pain. But cancer is not a is not the easy blink off type of death, and yet this woman is going through this. There are so many who when they hear of someone who has fallen ill, someone who has died, someone who has suffered a, a fire or a traffic accident, who has lost a child, who has um, you know, lost their their money or lost their house through no fault of their own, or maybe even through their own fault. There are many people in our community who immediately think this can be protected against if only I know enough magic. And from that, they jump to something else, which is I am protected. Those people were thrown for. So I'd like to just before we get into gratitude, say that we're not going to be discussing people's gossipy theories about why one person was a victim and another person's house survived, why one person died in the car wreck and the other one miraculously survived, why one person's dog died and the other person's dog survived. Because the truth is, all of us are temporary and you can rejoice and say, I've got the most powerful magic. There's a lot in my magic. And it's true that luck and prayer will get you through a lot, but it ain't going to get you out of this world alive. And to speculate on why God, or what some might call goddess, or some might call the divine, or some might call the universe, why some fall and some rise it's not our job to speculate. It's our job to offer compassion and a helping hand to those in need. Okay? So let's talk about what we have to be grateful for. We're 
grateful for being here and experiencing this moment. And I know that Elvira will know what I'm talking about when I mention, and so will Ali. And maybe half my listeners will. (laughs) We talk about Maslow's Hierarchy of Human Needs. Yes. (laughs) I bet you didn't think I was going to go there, honey. Did you think that? (laughs) But I'm going to. I don't think I didn't think that you wouldn't go there. (laughs) Well, Elvira, you know me very well. So um, let's just start the subject of gratitude with Maslow's hierarchy of human needs. And um, you can look it up online, and maybe if we're lucky, uh, someone in the chat room will post. There's pictures of it. You just can look. There's pictures of it. on. You go to Google Images. Trust me, there's pictures of it. Um, Let's always take our inventory of gratitude, starting at the base of that, not that Maslow is the final be-all, the end-all, knows-it-all, but it's a good place to start. It's non-denominational. It's non-mystical. Mm, it's non-magical. It simply talks about what are human needs, and we can face our gratitude for what we have starting there. Only at the very top of the pyramid do we actually reach the, the world of spirit. So, having said that, let's turn this over to Elvira. Well, all right. I'm going to go probably in a different direction, but that's okay. Um, You know, this time frame is kind of funny because being a pagan, you really don't have – you've already done your first harvest gratitudes around Lamas, and, you know, the timing is not quite that. This is more – um, in the actual time frame, it's more Thanksgiving is more of a, a American, possibly Canadian as well, but uh, time frame. But you can look at the the tide from Samhain or Halloween, as um, it has been begun. To, you know, it's been called to the solstice. Um, is that it's a tide, and the tide basically is one of shifting from abundance and the harvesting and then going into the darker times. So most of us uh, are are gearing up for what we call Christmas and different holidays around that time frame. But again, it's all about gratitude. We're 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 grateful we made it with our but you know, with our abundance. And so to me, that's the overriding theme and what we've experienced in a more um personalized way. And I mean we, there's the hurricanes that hit uh, Florida and Texas and the floodings and and um, the shootings that have happened in various places where there has been uh, that kind of devastation of you know our daily life and um, look at you know giving the most perfect fruit of our um, experience of you know the harvest and that doesn't have to always be a physical fruit it can be you know a poem it can be a statue it can be a dance it could be any number of things to show the strengths that we have been able to gather the obstacles we've overcome the growth that we've experienced and when gratitude is given it multiplies that process within ourselves and so mm-hmm. that to me is how i view the timing that this is in terms of uh seasonal and how much this uh, personal area has been affected to show the gratitude that in light of what has happened, where what, you know, what we have. And then, as you said, personal things, people just 
things where you lose a job, you lose a, a child, you lose a a, um, a spouse, a loved one, um, a pet for the sake of a disease or a um, the aging process. And what you are, you know, grateful for. What is the the, the things that you can bring to the plate on that. So I see it in a big picture. I also see it in my small little environment <laughs> of the gratitude. I mean, I have pumpkins all over the place, and I'm decorated now. Samhain kind of came and went because of the fires, but um, that's my take on the, on what this means in a spiritual way, in a physical way, in an emotional you know, place where we are, wherever we are. Well, you know, you're right. This is it's so hard to be grateful as you said, you know, with all of this going on destroying so much that so many people had planned. It's very hard to be grateful. And yet the wheel turns, the you know, the the things keep going and and we have much to be grateful for. What do you think about this topic, Ali? I I think this is such an important topic to discuss because it's not something that we talk about or think about when we think of hoodoo. We think of hoodoo, oh, magic, lighting candles, making jars, etc. But gratitude is actually at the heart of the worldview that is that hoodoo has. And it is a decidedly African-American worldview. It really is. Um, it draws a little bit from its European roots. It draws a little bit from African roots. But it is a uniquely... Uh, African-American, black American experience. It's a worldview that is informed by two things. First and foremost, that what we do is spiritual, right? Hoodoo is not seen as something entirely separate from your spiritual practice. Well, it's true that hoodoo is not a religion, and that's something that we emphasize. It is also true that hoodoo is not just a mechanical practice. It is a spiritual practice. It's why many ministers practice hoodoo. It's why a lot of churches have a candle shop that is uh, uh, attached to them. It's why when you are looking for a root doctor, more often than not, you go to a church and you, everyone knows who that person is. It's usually the deacon if it's not the minister, right? That's mm-hmm. the person you go to to solve your problems. The second is that the worldview in hoodoo and in African American is that your natural state is one of love and abundance and wealth and success and when something is missing in regards to that you do work to restore that gratitude is meant to be the natural state of people and it is the state by which you are connected with spirit and i think people forget that people forget that so i want to talk about gratitude kind of from two perspectives the social and the spiritual for me the social is that uh, you can really see in the in the community the online community, I should say, failing its understanding of the importance of gratitude in, our, in this work. As an observer, as an interlocutor, as a person who isn't always involved on the online community but watches the online community, right, from a, from a distance, I'm too busy doing my work to get involved with things like Facebook and whatnot. But I do, I do take note of it, and I have to say that I note three states that most people fall into when it comes to doing any type of spiritual work. One is fear. There's a constant state of fear. Like, I'm being attacked. We're running out of this. Oh, my God, it's a war, right? Constant Mm -hmm. state of fear. The second is a state of aggression. 
I'm I'm mm-hmm. gonna kick so and so's butt. I'm gonna throw for so and so. You don't know what I can do. You don't know who I am. It's this state of constantly fighting with the world. And the third is delusion, right? And delusion is mm-hmm. what is, do I define delusion? Is it doesn't put spirit in the center. It puts you in the spirit. I'm so and so, not. My spirits did this. The Lord helped me do this. I thank God for, for my success here. No, no, I'm the big bad on the playground. Now, the funny thing is that all three of these states all result in very little real spiritual power. Mm-hmm. Sure, you can get some work done. You can light some candles. But they are cl- they're spiritually clogged up. It's backed up. You're clinging on. And it's the difference between the four of pentacles, a little miser king clinging onto his coin versus mm-hmm. the king of pentacles who is surrounded by abundance. And this is where gratitude comes in. Gratitude is about letting spirit flow, recognizing your place in the universe, recognizing that you have a lot to be thankful for. It's, it's lighting that candle and then thanking God that you achieve your goal. And by achieving that goal you, and you're grateful, you also open up that flow of spirit. You give back. You become a center for the community. That gratitude changes your personality. So you have those three states that I mentioned earlier versus gratitude. Three clogged up states, the states of the little miser king versus gratitude, which is the king of pentacles and flow. And this is super important spiritually. And Kat, you can attest to this. It's literally in the way people do hoodoo. If you read uh, Beverly Pascal Randolph, right, he talks about Mm -hmm. magical work. And one of the states that he mentions after doing your work is poism, right? This idea Mm -hmm. that you have to, after doing whatever magic that you're doing, right? Well, for him, it was often uh, in in the context of the form of sex magic mixed with hoodoo. Um, Mm -hmm. You would then enter into a state of receiving, of Mm -hmm. gratitude and acceptance. And when you do that, that's when the real miracle happens, right? right? And most people forget that state of gratitude, which is essential. All my teachers talked about it. They go, after you do that work, you then thank God. For accepting that work. That's right. That state of gratitude is really important to magic. Right. I I I really like the way Elvira is building up reasons for gratitude, and you have mentioned, like you said, the three major reasons people do not feel gratitude. Yeah. The scarcity of resources model, which you're calling miserliness. The scarcity exactly. of resources model. It takes the idea that. There is so only so much money that can be won by betting on the lottery. There's only mm-hmm. so much food that can be grown in the world. There are only so many mystical uh, Etsy shops that are available to be <laughs> made on the net. Right? Um, now, these things are, in some sense, there is a limitation. At some point, the Earth will reach its carrying capacity for human protoplasm, mm-hmm. and there mm-hmm. will be no more uh, conjure shops opening, because they can't, mm-hmm. right? Presumably. Right. But um, the, we don't need perpetual growth. We simply need um, to realize that people come and go through life and death. Um, mm-hmm. The beautiful shop in Sacramento that I, that I loved, run by Mr. Keys, um, he died. He retired and died. It's gone. You know, the mm-hmm. Egypt Candle Store, it's gone. Uh, Bishop White passed away. So you don't have to steal food from your uh, friends. You don't have mm-hmm. to steal fame from your friends. You don't have to mm-hmm. steal 
customers from your friends. There's plenty enough to go around. That is how I speak to the scarcity of resources model. Be grateful mm-hmm. for those who care for you and come to you and treat them well. Then exactly. fear of loss. You said something very interesting about fear of loss. There are people who simply are afraid to take a venture at anything. Everything mm-hmm. to them is drama, harassment. Um, there's always um, an attacker. There, and I had mentioned this early. They may see a spiritual attacker. They may see a physical attacker. They're living in a state of fear. There is very little that you can do to move such a person toward gratitude. I, I have found in my mm-hmm. life um, they they are when they're stuck in a state of fear, it's very hard to get them to relax. Delusion of one's own power that one will always be on top, that one is the the master of the game, you know, one is the the all powerful Oz. Um, that delusion is also hard to disabuse people of, mm-hmm. but it is. Um, it can be done, um, but it, it takes a, a, a big life change to want to let go of that delusion of power. Sometimes people do reach that point, and sometimes mm-hmm. they don't. Gratitude, on the other hand, comes from appreciation of what you have. And I posted some of the, the ideas here that are in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and this does go to magic. It really does. The first level is the physiological. Do you have air Mm -hmm. to breathe? Do you have food? Do you have water? These are the basic. If you don't have those, you're not going to live for more than a few minutes, right, without the air. And so we can always be grateful for air. How many of us say, I'm grateful for air? I'm grateful for food. I'm grateful for water. We're trained as children, if we belong to a religion, to say a doxology or a prayer of gratitude upon eating. But many people laugh and mock religion. Oh, religion's bad. We're not going to be grateful. And they're not grateful. They're not even grateful mm-hmm. for the fact that they have, um, a, you know, air to breathe. And yet they should be. Then there's safety. How many of us are grateful for safety? We have a we have a place we can sleep at night. We don't have to sleep out in the cold, right? We have safety. We have a place where we can um keep our property, we will have a security of caloric intake, not just food for today, but a job that will get us food for tomorrow. Always be grateful for that. Third level is friendship, family, and sexual intimacy, which is different than sex. We're talking about the cuddling, the intimacy, the sharing of sexuality, family, pets, friends. Once you've got everything together, you begin to acquire friends. And that is something, again, to be so grateful for, those who care for you, those who love you. And then the sense of esteem, that you've done something, people have praised you, that you do something that is you feel good about yourself, self-esteem, or that you're capable of giving praise mm-hmm. to others. There are people, this is where miserliness begins to intrude, too. People go, oh, mm. I, you know, yeah, I got mine, but I'm never going to say, wow, that was a good book because I didn't write that book. Uh-uh. Right. Give right. respect, give respect, and take respect. You know, um, you can have them both. And mm-hmm. it, it's not that hard to show respect to others. Okay? And then the fifth level is called self actualization. This mm-hmm. is the where we're all hopefully aiming for. We have a moral guidelines. 
we have um, an idea of ourselves as um, being creative. We can make things. We can do things. We can we can reach high. We can reach spirit. We can reach into the mystic. These are the the self actualizations. Not everybody is going to be mystical. Not everyone is going to be magical. Some of them, for them, self-actualization means to um, collect sugar packets from every restaurant in America. It's whatever (laughs) they do. It's what they choose. But they can be grateful that they're able to do that. So I consider part of the, the magic of what we do is getting to that point and trying to stay at that point. Now, of course, mm-hmm. things happen and people tumble down. Your house is gone. It burned up in the fire. You know, your husband died and your income's been cut in half. And not only that, you don't have sexual intimacy anymore. You mm. know, these are tra- tragedies. We all fall down the pyramid. What we can be grateful for is the friendships we made, the people who support and sustain us, and our own resilience, our own trust and faith in spirit. Mm-hmm. In fact, for me, trust and faith in spirit is what allows me to pick myself up when I've had tragedies. Because mm. you just put, you, you know, you say, here I am. Here I am. Grateful for what I've That's powerful. Very powerful. Well, thank Elvira, I thank you so much for this topic because it means a lot to, to so many people. Um, and, you know, we talk about our power. Let's talk about what we, who we're grateful to. Mm. All right, I'm going to turn this over to Papa Newt. We're going to do some free readings. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, and this week's special guest, Miss Elvira, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination, and prescribing down-home conjure remedies and remediation. Our calling clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo form at form.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818-394-8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the form, please dial in now to 818-394-8535. And press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We will select callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer, pop a new read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our host. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller. Our first caller is calling in from area code 619 in San Diego. This is Tamara. Tamara, are you there? Hi, yes, I'm here. Hi, welcome back to the show. I see you are a return caller. I called us a few months ago on a situation that has has uh, changed, which is wonderful to hear. And you're calling us on a new situation, it looks like. Now, is it correct that you have not had any readings on this situation be- uh, before giving us a call? No. All right. And Tamara call, uh, has wrote, I've been having serious financial issues and unbearable living situations and decided to petition ancestors. I made a jar including my grandmother's obituary, a lock of my stillborn's hair, some herbs, and love me oil. 
On a walk to the store, I spoke to them my request while telling uh, telling my very small child about them. On the way home, my daughter spotted two rainbows on this Sunday uh, with no rain. The next day, the, an orange butterfly fluttered around us, and shortly after, we saw a white one, and we kept finding pennies and feathers on our walks. I keep seeing the number 111 even got a receipt with a total of $111.10. Are these signs, and are they listening, and will they help me? Turn it back to you, Ms. Cat. Wow, what an interesting uh, series of events. Um, You know, uh, I... Think this is a this is the kind of question that I could read cards for, but you know I'm also just a reader reader. I'm a psychic reader, and I also read omens. So I'm going to read this from the standpoint of omens. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Yes, you made a jar, and you you put in family concerns. And love me well, which was a very interesting choice. Now, um, you've been having financial issues and an unbearable living uh, situation, and you Mm -hmm. chose love me well for your ancestors and and deceased family. A very interesting choice. It is not the prototypical choice, because, of course, the prototypical choice would be like, give me some money, right? Mm -hmm. But what you asked for was to be surrounded by love. And that when that love manifested to you, it would be then shared and that others would then be of help mm. to you. To very, This goes very well with our topic of gratitude. So, mm, very much so. Then, you, yes. then you spoke your request and you were shown two rainbows. Well, you had your grandmother and you had your stillborn child's uh, mementos in that jar. One rainbow for each. It's a very clear mm-hmm. sign. Right. I'm sure you interpreted the sign that way too, did you not? Yes. Yes, you did. You see, I know that you have some spiritual gifts. So they both sent you love. The rainbow has many meanings, and I'm going to just speak of a couple of them here. Among the Irish, the rainbow is said to be a place where uh, at the foot of the rainbow there's a leprechaun and it has a pot of gold. And so the rainbow represents the prospect of wealth. And you had asked about financial issues. But in other countries, the rainbow uh, and other cultures, the rainbow has other meanings. And among the Greeks, there was a goddess named Iris, which means rainbow. And she was the messenger goddess of all the pantheon of Greek deities. And whenever they had a message for anyone from uh, heaven to earth... They created a rainbow, and she ran down it and delivered the message. And there's a little pun in ancient Greek. Um, Iris, spelled a different way, also means messenger. And so she was the messenger. So when to those people, when they saw a rainbow, it meant a message from heaven and did not mean money. And there's mm-hmm. a third meaning attached to rainbow, which is a much, much more recent vintage, and yet probably as many or more people know that idea, And that is the idea that when pets die, they go across the Rainbow Bridge. And this was from an anonymous poem, uh, and people began to talk about the Rainbow Bridge, meaning the bridge that uh, bridges between the dead and the living. Originally, it started off with pets. My, my, you know, my 
a little border collie went across the Rainbow Bridge today. And everyone knows what that means. They died and they went to the world of spirit. So in recent times, the, the rainbow has also meant to connect spirit to the living. And there's a fourth meaning. The rainbow has to do with people of diverse cultures, skin colors, sexual orientation. And originally it was started um, in the civil rights movement, the use of, you know, late civil rights movement, the use of the rainbow to mean people of diverse cultures. But it was very much adopted by the gay and lesbian community as a symbol of sexual diversity as well. So the rainbow flag also means diversity. So with all of those meanings, what you saw in those two rainbows definitely is a message from spirit. And it may also be a message to you to that wealth is on the way. It may be a message to you to look for wealth among people of diverse background. You see how it can mean those things, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Then, then you saw an orange butterfly floating around and then a white butterfly, okay? Again, I believe these to be the spirits of the grandmother and the stillborn child. The stillborn child would, of course, have been the white butterfly. The orange butterfly is, a, I don't know what species you saw, but it would be a much more fully realized um, figure. And again, they're saying, we are with you. We love you. We're here. We we mean to support and help you. And then you began finding pennies. Well, this is one of the interesting things about seeking financial help from spirit. How much can spirit move? Well, you found pennies and feathers. Feathers come from birds, and they are usually dropped by birds in flight. Um, you know, the bird is, as they molt, the feather will fall. And to find a feather and to find a penny are both considered lucky. When I was young, I was told uh, by uh, many of my uh, Irish friends that if the penny was uh, face up, you could keep it. If the penny was face down, you should turn it over. It would be bad luck for you, but good luck for the next person. And this goes to the idea of sharing the luck. With feathers and leaves, I was told if you see a feather fall or a leaf fall from a tree, and if you can catch it before it hits the ground, it's a special good luck for you. But any feather that you find, I was told, take it home. And in fact, sitting here, I'm I'm in my office looking at my uh, big wooden desk, and it has a, a bookcase is built into it, and there are two uh, antique porcelain spill vases, which are little vases that you put uh, dried flowers in, and uh, well, actually you put matches in and things like that back in the old days. And they are both filled with beautiful feathers that I have found. And um, I never throw away the gift of a feather. I always take feathers to be, you know, from the wings of birds, the wings of angels. And I have blue feathers. I have a beautiful scarlet macaw feathers. I have blue jay feathers, hawk feathers. I believe those are always gifts from spirit. So you have seen some beautiful signs. And then you have the number 111 and even got a receipt for 111.1. Are these signs? Yes, they are. These ones, and uh, some people go by the slightly new age idea that 1111 is a particularly important time, um, that the 11th uh, month of the 11th day was the day that... Um, the armistice was declared in World War One, and it made 11-11 a time of peace. Um, the 11, there's the uh, the uh, Benevolent Protective Order of Elks, which is a fraternal organization, and their slogan is, Help Comes at the 11th Hour. And they have a picture of an elk 
with a uh, a clock and it's pointing to 11. Help comes at the 11th hour means you will not be bereft. You will not be left alone. It may take a little longer than you thought, but the 11th hour is you will be redeemed and you will have a reprieve. That is my psychic interpretation. So I'm going to turn this over to Elvira. Wow. Uh <laughs> I was right there with you with a lot of that. That was really good. Um, I go with cards. I go with the tarot cards. Um, they're actually my gateway to, to spirit. So I started pulling as Miss Cat was starting to talk, and I got the first layer was the Eight of Swords, the Ace of Swords, and the Ten of Cups. Well, um, the Eight of Swords is someone that is blindfolded and, and have swords around them, and the feeling that you have felt unempowered and um, unable to see a way to be free from this particular constraint of financial difficulty. Um, The Ace of Swords, of course, has in my particular deck, has a bird in flight with the sword being in in the air. And your feathers, um, spirit does answer. It will be, you know, there is answers not just from the ancestors, but from the divine. And the Ten of Cups, which fascinated me because it has a rainbow of cups. So with a family and children, so your ancestors are truly behind you, above you, around you. They are, you know, helping bring this sense of you are not alone, you are not bound and tied and alone. Um, The second level is the Two of Swords under the Ace of Swords, which is there is a decision for you to make. the one side is the Five of Cups, which is usually regret um, because you're looking at all the things that have been spilt and there is a feeling of no hope. And then the Six of Cups, which is gifts, um, officially gifts of children or from children. But I think that it is your decision to choose the energies that you see and bring in. And what you do get is both from your ancestors as well as the divine, the mm-hmm. six of um, pentacles, which is money, which is help, which is assistance, not just money, but assistance in other levels, which allows you to become from the eight of swords to the nine of pentacles, empowered and financially um, in better space, moving into a sense of protected environment and with the help of others, both on the non-physical and the physical plane. So, you are truly blessed with these signs, for they are saying you have asked and you are receiving, and the time is coming. So it is not long. Wow. Okay. Um, you read very fast the names of those last few cards. I heard the Nine of Pentacles and the Six of Cups. What was the other one? Oh, well, the first, the second layer was the six, the Five of Cups. The two of swords ah, five and of the cups. six of cups. That was the, so. It kind of like there was the opposites, and you know, like one. And then the last layer was the nine of pentacles and the six of pentacles. I see. All right. I you know I I, I can't type as fast as you can talk. So <laughs> what? <laughs> well, um, so what we see here is um, these signs are real. 
there has been sorrow and has been lost, but you are being heard by, the question was, am I being heard by my ancestors and deceased family uh, members? And the answer is, yes, you are being heard. So -hmm. let's turn this over to Conjurman Ali. I'd like him to give you some root work advice um, and something that you can do to bring this together, perhaps Mm -hmm. some financial work you can do. Take it away, Ali. Mm. Thanks, Kat. Yeah, I think you've gotten some really good readings here and and a very clear answer that you are being assisted and you are being heard in your uh, cry for help, if you will. Uh, I think your approach is beautiful and wonderful and working with the ancestors is a really great way of of getting help in a situation like this. I'm going to give you uh, two pieces of advice. First is a really practical root work that I think you can do easily okay. done at home, doesn't require a lot of ingredients, um, and you will carry it with you. Um, and I think this is uh, important for the type of approach you've taken, that we're not sitting here creating altars or whatnot. You're taking this with you, and that's why I'm thinking of a mojo bag, because you're out in the world and you're seeing signs. So we're going to start with that. What I want you to do is get yourself a small green candle. If you can't get a green candle, that's all right. You can get a white candle. And you're going to place, you're going to take this, and you're going to write on it your uh, intention uh, you're going to inscribe it and you're going to write something like money come to me, money stay with me money grow or you can write something else to that effect you're going to get yourself some money drawing oil you can get this from Lucky Mudrum and you're going to anoint that candle then you're going to melt the bottom of the candle just a little bit just soften so you get a couple drops of wax and you're going to stick it to the uh, bottom of an overturned cup or bowl and I, and I do want you to use a cup or bowl uh, for this particular you can use an overturned saucer just don't use a plate nothing flat You're going to place it on there. You're going to light your candle, and by light of that candle, you are going to create your mojo bag. You're going to assemble it. You're going to get yourself uh, a cloth bag, a red flannel cloth bag, and you're going to put in each of these ingredients bit by bit as you talk and pray to spirit. Uh, in, in the Christian tradition, this is often called groaning in spirit, what Jesus does, right? It's when you kind of pour out your heart to, to God. You're reaching out to God, your ancestors, to spirit, to the even the herbs that you're working with. You're kind of you're speaking, you're building that power uh, spiritually. So talk to the herbs, pray over them. Be very clear. I'm going to put in this because I want money here. I'm putting this here because I need you to uh, get me out of the situation. And what you're going to put into the mudra bag is you're going to put a little bit of alfalfa, and a little bit of alkanet. I always include this in money-drawing work of any type so that it protects you from poverty, from curses and jinxes, and protects your wealth. You're going to put a small lodestone grit. This is not a lodestone, but a lodestone grit. You don't want a big old honking piece of rock in there. Just a small lodestone grit with some mm-hmm. magnetic sand. You're going to put a pinch of cinnamon, five-finger grass, and then you're going to take the bag Place it into your mouth or next to your mouth, and you're going to pray your prayer into it while breathing out so that your prayer is caught into the bag. 
And the way that I describe this to clients often is it's like you're trying to start a fire and you've just got it smoldering a bit. And your prayer and your breath is what helps to wake it up into a real flame, into a full-on fire. And this is how I teach people to do emoji bags. So as you're praying into that, you should actually feel it absorbing your prayer, absorbing your breath, and really coming awake. Then you're going to tie it and knot it three times. You are going to feed it a little bit of whiskey. Take a little bit of whiskey, put it right on there, and then place it underneath the bowl that has the candle on it so that the bowl uh, covers it. Let the candle burn all the way down, and then you can retrieve your mojo bag. Carry that mojo bag wherever you go. You can put it in your pocket. You can put it in your purse. Feed it once a week. Uh, Give it a little bit of whiskey. You can do it on a Sunday. Uh, Give it a little bit of whiskey to feed it. Hold it in your hand. Pray over it. Talk to it. Treat it as your secret weapon, your ally. Mm -hmm. Speak to it. Ask for its help. And as you're going about your day, now this is the second piece of advice, as you're going about your day, don't just note the omens that you are receiving. Sometimes follow them, right? So let's say you have an omen. See if it's headed in a direction. Go in that direction. Because you, a lot of what the reading from Kant said is that you're going to see help from elsewhere and from diverse communities and whatnot. And also note what omens you receive. You've got a rainbow. You have a butterfly. Maybe you'll come across an organization that has a rainbow as their logo. Or you'll see a store that says help wanted and it has a mm-hmm. butterfly as their logo. Pay attention to that. And as you're doing that, just very casually reach over and touch your mojo back and ask it, is this where I should be? Is this the job I should be applying for? Is this the organization I should be going to, et cetera, so on and so forth. So that you're actively working and following the guidance of spirit, and it will lead you to whatever it is you need to be led to in order to get out of your situation. Keep that mojo bag going, and it will be your ally along with your ancestors. So that's my recommendation. Let's see if Kat and Miss Elvira have any adjustments or anything to add. First of all, that's that's really traditional work, very beautiful work. One of the things that I was taught to do is when you have a mojo in your pocket or in your purse, you, when you feel it, you hold it, you can almost kind of like roll it in your hands. It's a kind of a gesture of kind of squeezy, rolly, if mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and ask it you know, for advice. The second thing he said, or actually the first thing he said was amazing. Follow those signs. Don't just look at them and go, are these signs? But look for buildings that are at one, one something or other. Look for Mm -hmm. companies that have a butterfly or look for um, people whose name may be uh, associated with any of the signs you see. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much, Ollie. That, that is basic, beautiful conjure and a great mojo hand. All right, we're going to turn this over to Papa Newt, and then we're going to come back and we're going to do another reading for another one of our clients. Support for this programming is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Reworkers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners, located online at readersandreworkers.org, and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of missionary independent spiritual churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and 
take our next client. Our next client is calling in from area code 903 in East Texas. This is Jeremy. Jeremy, are you there? Yes, I am here. Thank you for uh, accepting me. (laughs) You're welcome, and I see this is your first time calling in, so thank you uh, for trusting us. Now, uh, let's take a look here. Now, you did have a private reading and is uh, back in uh, 2015, but this was not on this particular situation that you're calling in on. Is that correct? Okay, thank you, thank you. All right, and Jeremy writes, I am a grocery manager with desires to do something more. I I graduated with a master's in sociology, though I fear I used school and passed through it passively without retaining or, or retention or goals. I want to be fulfilled and help uh, help people, but I feel stuck as I do not know who to consult as contacts or skills to have. Is there a line of work you could see me be, uh, bring me a uh, being drawn to our uh, brain drawn to, and is it possible? <laughs> Turning back to you, Miss Kent. All right. Well, Jeremy, I recognize you from the Lucky Mojo Forum because you use the name Hopeless Romantic on the forum. And I just have to say that you got me interested when you joined the forum looking up where did the term Hopeless Romantic originate. And I came up with some fabulous uh, thoughts about (laughs) it. I, I, I I mean, I spent two hours researching the phrase hopeless romantic it seems to have started as a literary phrase and um probably in the mid 20th century uh became associated with condemnation of uh, romantic victorian and edwardian authors particularly joseph conrad and i know that ollie mm. will just love hearing that right i love that i absolutely <laughs> love it yes vs pritchett V.S. Pritchett said, don't read Conrad. He's a hopeless romantic. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, but so, but your, that name was interesting to me because I tend to like names that are hopeful. And I hope that maybe you'll hear me say, hey, maybe you could be a hopeful romantic. But hopeful, hopeful, hopeless romantic is a very common phrase. All right. Um, I mean, I really got into it. You, you, you don't know, Jeremy. You, you did something to me there. Now, having said that, I'm going to uh, turn this over. Well, you almost got my lecture on don't use the name hopeless as a, as a moniker in the forum. But I didn't give it to you because it is a kind of fun phrase. But you don't want to okay. read Joseph Conrad now. All right. So <laughs> I'm going to turn you over to Conjurman Ali, and he's going to do your reading. But welcome to the radio show. <laughs> Thank you. I I just want to say I love that that segue. It was a uh, it's probably one of my all-time favorites, and it had Joseph Conrad in it. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you a couple questions before I dive in. I've done a, a geomantic chart here. I just want I'm curious, what sign of the zodiac are you? Aries. You're an Aries. Okay, interesting because there's a lot of Aries in the chart. And you said you have your masters in in sociology, right? Yes. Okay, so when did you uh, graduate with your degree in sociology? That would have been, I think, 2015, May. 2015, so a couple years ago, not that, not too far back. Okay, yeah. so a, a couple things. First, before I dive into the, the, into the reading, I'm going to give you some very practical academic advice. Uh, I happen to be an academic who works uh, at the university system, in a university system, 
teaching in an academic field and in a related field, uh, something that is humanities or social science uh, history. So a couple, a couple pieces of advice for you. First, um, whenever you do any type of graduate school work, uh, and this is a common mistake, it's treated often like uh, the undergraduate work, which is that you attend classes, you fulfill requirements, and you get your degree, and then you go on. When in reality, graduate school is mostly about networking, not just learning. There, it's, it's fundamentally a resource for you to connect with potential jobs, right? And that is, and, and we do this at the undergraduate level too, there's career centers and whatnot, but very much so at the graduate level. You find mentors, you find allies, you find potential work experience. Um, the social sciences in particular are, are uh, very popular for uh, people, they're very popular jobs, um, so you don't have to feel like, oh, I got this kind of weird academic degree, I can't do anything with this, it's not true. Contrary to kind of the way people think, business degrees and whatnot aren't what people are looking for out there. They're interested in hiring social scientists, sociologists, anthropologists, political scientists, et cetera, who can do things like analyze data or read reports and write summaries and, and do stuff like that. So bear that in mind that you have a, better, a set of uh, marketable skills that you can call upon as a, a person with a master's in sociology to work with your institution, whatever that institution is, in order to find connections and alliances. And the reason I say that is because it shows up very clearly in your chart. So I look at the chart, I, I've casted it, and I ask, okay, so what is it going on career-wise? We take a look at the 10th house, and the 10th house has Albus. Albus is uh, a cup. And what Albus says is generally that you need to seek some type of advice. And in terms of career, you might consider some type of profession that it will involve either consulting or advising, um, something that will allow you to pass on information. Uh, the information field in particular is going to be really important. So tech industry is something that you should be looking at. Uh, you should be looking at advice or helping people uh, giving out some type of counseling. These are all kind of fields that you will do well in. And that doesn't mean you're limited to that. If there's something you're interested in, go and follow it. That's great. But these fields in particular are something that you would do well in. But it also means that you yourself needs to receive some advice. You are a cup after all. Albus is a cup. It is about receiving. So we go, okay, where does that help come from? And it passes into the fourth house. So we have Albus in the 10th house and then Albus in the fourth house. And the fourth house usually represents a father-like figure, but it also can represent people who are uh, male mentors uh, in particular. So look to male mentors that can help you out. Try to connect with old professors, uh, people who are in the field that you're interested in. Talk to them. Send out emails. This is what professors do. If there's a particular professor that you were really drawn to, reach out to them. If not, find someone else. But an older male uh, a professor is going to be a really big, or an older male mentor, I should say, is going to be very big for helping you find your career and opening up the pathways and creating networks. This person is likely going to be ruled by Mercury. Uh, so they're either going to be a uh, Virgo or they're going to be a Gemini. So bear that in mind, that this person's sign may either be Virgo and Gemini um, and that they will be the person to help you out. This is going to be really important for you. That's going to be the key to connection. The second component of this, and this is where the Aries comes in, is that for 
you, what, what, what represents you is in the first house. And we have Puella. Puella is the little girl or the mirror. Um, and it is the exact opposite of Aries. It's about passive. So you are in the state of reflection and contemplation when you need to be in the state of making decisions and then going after them. And why do I say this? Because then after we've looked at the house chart, we then look at the shield. And the right witness shows us Puer, and the left witness shows us Puer. That's Aries. It's you need direction. You need to start to make some decisions, commit to those decisions, and move forward. So this is all about the attitude that you bring into this, making the right networks and connections, finding a mentor, and then moving forward in a field that is tied to your academic discipline, either guidance, counseling, consulting, et cetera, along those lines. That's what I see here. I'm going to turn this over uh, to Ms. Elvira, who's going to do your next reading, and then Ms. Kat is going to give you some recommendations. The good news is that you have a way forward. You just need to make some connections and then add an element of dynamism in what you're trying to do. Wow. Okay. Um, Elvira, how do you read the situation? Well, since I'm with my favorite deck, obviously I'm using it. So um, the first line kind of gave me um, the, the sense of what exactly um, Contraman Ali is saying. The, the nine of wands is basically, you know, start preparing to, to preparing yourself to move. It's like you've, you've gotten what you have behind you, but now you've got to do something to go forward. You can't just keep standing still. The eight of cups. You know, this is one that I always look at for people who want promotions. And, you know, in it's not just looking to the future. It's making the next step to go to the future. And the Eight of Pentacles is definitely making that step active with, you know, the things you've accomplished, what you've done, but truly starting to work on it. He mentioned an older mentor. I have the King of Wands, even though it is a fire sign. Um, it is, in my opinion, it is an older man who will help you, has a sense of inspiration, gives you inspiration, and actually presents that kind of enthusiasm for you to to move, to get going. Um, because you have the devil, which in my deck is the shadow side, but it is the fear. And the fear has kind of kept you complacent, and you need to, you know, move on that, move forward and step out of your fear. It is also the Capricorn card of goals, so it does mean starting to look at some goals. And, and, you know, I will get in a year, this is it, three months, this is it, you know, work on um, an outline. It doesn't mean you're going to be stuck with it, but you've got to have some plan. Uh, I truly feel with the strength card, it's you're going to have to risk. You're going to have to step out and, like, gamble, risk, put yourself at risk, which is what the other part of you know, the fear factor has stopped you from is risking. Um, the sun gives me great success coming. The ace of pentacles, a job, physical manifested form of income, and you will have choices. You you know, the uh, seven of cups is always one that has all these different cups with all these different things, and you can interpret it, but I think the way it is is you will have choices and, you know, the, the concept of choose wisely, it will come from within. And you will feel the movement starting and it will crest with the offers and then you will have the choices to which way you want to go. Um, ultimately, Ace of Swords is move, the idea of one year, one, one cycle of a season, 
Um, I would love to be able to give you a month as an actual time, but I think it's more what we will see is within a one season to a one-year cycle of you're actually manifesting what it is you want. Okay. So, um, uh, you know, this is the kind of reading that leaves a lot open. And both of these people have said in a very kind way that some of the issues are within you. And I felt that, too, when you said, I I fear I used school and passed through it passively without retention or goals. You're making a very large admission before a very wide audience that um, some of the problem here is within you. So I'm going to recommend, in addition to root work, that you actually do some self-assessment and look at if sociology was the wrong topic for you, if it's not where you wish to be, I don't believe that grocery management is the right topic for you because anyone who can get an MA can rise much higher than being a grocery manager. And I'm not to say that grocery managers are bad people or lesser people, but that shows you have a certain amount of intellectual and academic capacity which might be better applied in, in, a, in a more um, self-actualizing, bringing back Maslow here, self-actualizing way. Not everyone can be or wishes to be self-actualizing, but I think you do have that within you. So I'm going to give you um, an idea here. It's a very simple idea um, for what to do to start with. I would like you to do a bit of a work on yourself to build your courage and build your potential for success and to place yourself in such a way that you will meet this male mentor who is apparently going to be important to uh, allow you to be, be fulfilled and help people. Okay? And contacts was your question. Let's get you to that contact. Skills I think you have and can develop. I don't think that's the issue. That's the self-doubt, and that's where we're going to try to fill that with courage. So I would like you to... Um, consider getting um, at least a dozen small candles. These can be tea lights, and there can be some number that you like better than 12. They come sold by the dozen. Heck, they come sold by the 50 if you just go get those white tea lights down at the discount store. They can be tea lights, and those I like for this reason. Tea lights that are in a metal container, you can pop them out of the container and you use a ballpoint pen or any kind of metal stylus, and you're going to write in the aluminum, inscribe in the aluminum what you want, dress the candle with oil. You can even, in some tea lights, pull the wick out, dress the wick separately, put it all together, put it back in the cup. No one will see what that, what that uh, spell was that you wrote. I want you to commit yourself to a little space where you're going to do this work. It doesn't have to be big, but I want you to commit yourself to every day, lighting one little tea light, your little light in the darkness. You could also use four-inch candles or birthday candles, but I like the tea lights because you can inscribe them very easily by inscribing the cup. Um, so let's say you've got 50 of them. Hey, why, why not? You know? You're going to start with um, something called crucible of courage oil, and you're going to uh, blend it with another one called crown of success oil. Don't blend them half and half. Start with pure crucible of courage and then 
uh, add, uh, actually, I'm going to put a third oil in there. Start with crucible of courage, then add a little of clarity oil, then add a little crown of success. By that time, you'll be fading on the courage oil because you'll have used it up, and you'll have clarity and crown of success, and then just crown of success. So kind of figure out a way to, to um, you know, apportion those oils to dress the candles. And I want you to light one every night and say your desire or prayer. It's very simple. You have no roots, no herbs. You're not going to make a mojo. You're just going to light these candles, and you're going to say, light my way to find the job in which I can be fulfilled and help people. Find my contact and make sure my contacts know that I have the skills necessary. Now, if you think about it for a moment, you have a job. You're not going to quit your job and become sort of, you know, like basement-dwelling homeless while you uh, work on this. What you're going to do is find a little bit of time once a week to volunteer. And wherever you volunteer, they're going to want your skills in sociology. Every um, nonprofit will want that kind of help. You can be drawn to one, drawn to another. You don't have to stick with one. Maybe it's wild bird rescue. Maybe it's helping the fire victims of Santa Rosa. Who knows what it is? But volunteer sometimes. You'll find right away which one is you're drawn to. It might be religious. It might be strictly social. Put in a little time volunteering. Through that, you're going to meet somebody. But every evening around sunset, light a little white candle and say, let me have the courage to be what I want to be. Let me have the clarity to find the person who's going to guide me to the contacts. And let me have the crown of success when I achieve my goals. And I said 50 candles because they come 50 in a package. If they have 100 candles, burn 100 of them, one a day. Okay, very simple spell, but I know that you can do it. It does not require any products other than those three oils. If you can't find those three oils, use olive oil and just pray for personal courage, personal clarity, personal success. Okay? All right. Let me uh, ask if others have something that they want to add to this. I think that's beautiful and very simple. I, you know, uncomplicated. Yeah. That, that, well, I happen to know this is a new member of our forum and doesn't have a whole closet full of roots, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you can no, come back me, later. I, I and look and I try you, to find a lot. Yeah. Come back later and we'll tell you what roots to carry, but that not, not now. Mm-hmm. We're going to just start real simple. All right. Okay. Um, well, I I really um, hope that you um, find what you need. Yeah, Master Root. She was our <laughs> She was in the chat room already. He's going trying to conquer Root. Master Root. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're gonna we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. This is this is to start. Call us back in a few weeks after you've done this and stuck with this, and we'll see what you got. All right. Um, okay. Well, um, right now we're going to go and we're going to have an announcement. And um, we're going to come back and we're going to get our free spell from Miss Elvira. The 
LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, Fit and Foxy, Madame Nadia and Jaya Dania, Wednesdays, 6 to 7, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7, all times Pacific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with Miss Elvira of Elvira.com in Santa Rosa, California. Take it away, Miss Elvira. I want to dance after that com- that uh, interlude of uh, announcements. It's like, okay. Um, okay, my spell is basically one on the theme of gratitude. It would be um, find, get a little piece of paper and write what you're grateful for. I love to try and do it on leaves, but, you know, it depends on how easy it is to write on a dried-up leaf. But, you know, that's why a paper, make it like a paper leaf. And put that down on, a, you know, a plate. And then what I would suggest is the next thing I'm going to suggest, three stones set in a upward-facing triangle around that piece of paper. And um, obviously I'm going to suggest several stones. Uh, they're going to be for peace and wisdom and strength. And the peace ones are calcite, amethyst, carnelian, sodalite, or malachite. So it gives you a choice of these. If you can find a little tumbled stone, really cheap, you don't a little chip, it's not like you have to big rock. Um, the energy or strength would be selenite, tiger's eye, sunstone, amber, or garnet. And then the one for wisdom would be sugilite, coral, jade, and chrysocolla. Now, any of those. And you place those in an upward pointing triangle and use your, your guidance as to which one you want to place where um, in terms of that. And then you will get um, three different herbs. Again, they will be set up for peace and energy and wisdom. And I will list the ones. The peace ones would be lavender, myrtle, the olive, you know, a leaf of the olive uh, tree, skullcap, mm. or vervain. Now, the uh, wisdom, I mean, the energy, I'm sorry, the energy is bay, uh, plantain, borage, rosemary. And for wisdom, it would be um, uh, sage, sunflower seeds. Uh, It could be a peach, if you have a peach pit, or uh, an iris. Now, those are ones that are a little difficult, but you might find them or have them sitting around in your herb section of your world or someone else's. Now you'll place those, pinches of those, in a downward uh, formed uh, triangle. So what you've done is a star of David around that nice Mm. little piece of paper. Now you will take basil, dried basil, and circle that star of David. So you've created a container. Now the the, um, candle, a little candle, um, orange if you can find it. Um, We might be still lucky enough with Halloween and Thanksgiving and all. And you place that with um, your gratitude written, you know, word gratitude on it. You can do some oil that you would like, something that is uh, that is uplifting, a smell that is uplifting. 
and um, put that in its holder and put it on top of the paper and let it burn down. When it is completely burned down, what you will do is you will take that paper and you will put it and go outside and hang it on a tree. And the, the rest of the items that you have, you'll scoop them all up and put them in a cup and put them either on your altar with your ancestor altar or somewhere that is special to you because that is your your little energy of gratitude that you have for what you've said. I am so grateful for this. And that's the simplicity of what I put in as a herb, a spell. Wow. All right. I want to make a couple of comments about this because I love this spell. This is really nice. First of all, Many people think of hoodoo as something that's all about getting what you need. You get luck, you get money, you get sex, you get love, you get ahead of other people. Maybe you get protected. But And people tend to think of, oh, well, a spell of gratitude, you know, you got to come from a place of privilege and higher up Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? But the truth is gratitude and, and praise to God goes all the way back to the to the simplest tribal organization of humanity um gratitude to god and gratitude to goddess are basics of every system of religio magical practice this one is very simple but very clear now you mentioned writing on a leaf and i'm going to just say something here uh i was taught a long time ago write on a plantain leaf that would be the uh, goose grass the plantain that grows in the lawn uh, some people say write on a bay leaf, and you can use a very fine tip sharpie to write on a bay leaf. It works really well. So bay leaves are uh, for wisdom, and that's a good thing. But you can also mm-hmm. write on a piece of paper. Um, I I love the idea of putting this in outside in a tree. This is a very old way of working in the hoodoo tradition that is an overlap with the pagan tradition, um, placing and deploying what you want to be seen outdoors and in the air is very old in hoodoo. In fact, if you listen to old blues songs, they'll, they'll say things. I wrote a letter. I mailed it in the air. And what that means, and then mm-hmm. the rhyme to that is, and you know by that I've got a friend somewhere. So this was a person who was trying to reach a friend and could not contact them directly, so they simply wrote the letter and, and scaled it into the air. She said, take it into the air, right? And so placing things into the air or into a tree is a very old way because the trees, their little leaves rustle and whisper, and every tree Mm -hmm. talks to every other tree, and your message Mm -hmm. goes all around the world. So it's a very old way of working, and, um, and it's a beautiful way of working. It is not something that sounds all new agey. In fact, it sounds to me back to the very beginnings of humanity. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. Yes. Well, it and I remember um a lot of the uh pagans would put um little pieces of cloth tied onto a tree near a well uh for requests that they would make. So the idea of the gratitude being as much a part of that as requests for help or or what you would need is, as you say, very old and very ancient, no matter what culture or tradition. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And, of course, um, if you had a child 
And that child was always just begging and begging. Mama, give me a cookie. Mama, I need Sharpie markers. Mama, I want new shoes. Mama, I don't like my old shoes. I want better <laughs> shoes. Mama, mama, I need a kitten. Mama, I need... after a while, wouldn't you say to that child, hey, do your chores too? And uh, mm-hmm. the, chores are <laughs> the chores are how the child learns to participate and be a part of the family. I sometimes think of God and think, we can't always be begging God. Let's say, thank you, God, for what we've been mm-hmm. given. And well, this is a way to send that message in the air. It's a beautiful message. Send it with a candle. Send it with a candle's flame, the smoke of candle's flame, the light. And then put that leaf, which came from God, which came from nature, put it back in nature and say, I'm grateful. I'm grateful what I've received. All right. Thank you so much, Elvira, for bringing us this very grounding uh, message gratitude. I appreciate it. Very important, absolutely. Yeah. All right, we're going to turn this over to Papa Newt. He's going to make some announcements, and then we're all going to come back and say goodbye in our individual ways. (laughs) Thank you, Miss Kat and Congressman Ali, and thank you, Miss Elvira, Miss Elvira.com in Santa Rosa, California, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when we'll have another special guest. From the another association of independent readers and reworkers, who will be John Saint Germain's pardon me, uh, uh, John Saint Germain's in Knoxville, Tennessee. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodie Rework Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo form at form.luckymojo.com and Contraband Ali of the Contraband.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Pop New, joining you from PopNew.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And the shows are available in archive via LuckyMojo.com slash RadioShow.HTML. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you, Papa Newt, and thank you, Miss Elvira. Thank you, Miss Cat and Conjurman Ali for having a forum in which we can do this on a weekly basis. And be sure, folks, you tune in to her show with Phoenix, the Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron. It's a great show, particularly for people who are interested in the subjects of goddess and god worship in the pagan, ancient, and modern neo-pagan tradition. Thank you, Contraman Ali. Always a pleasure. It's always wonderful to have you here. And thank you for bringing your wisdom and knowledge and experience to this show. Uh, And all I can say at this point is we're going to say good night. Thanks. Good night. (laughs) Good night, everyone. Good night.